have our seats. Amen. Thank you. I want to appreciate uh, Pastor James and your wife and your amazing son. And also I want to acknowledge Pastor Peter. He's one of us in Limuru. And any other pastor that is here and any member that is here, you know, <clears throat> being on a weekday for you to be found in the house of God is a sacrifice. And so that sacrifice must count. Amen. Um, my, I'm married. I'm the resident pastor, Life Church International Limuru. We are under Apostle David Juma. And we are people of the word. <laughs> Apostolic language is the word. Amen. I discovered that when God loves you, he doesn't give you miracles. No. When God loves you, he doesn't give you miracles. He gives you revelation. Because a revelation is the raw material for miracles. Uh, that is why a man that has miracles has the ability to, I mean a man that has revelations has the ability to walk in miracles. So when God loves you, he gives you revelations. Are we together? And when you love God, you deal with mysteries. Now you know God can love you, but you don't love him. So when God loves you, he gives you revelations. But when you reciprocate in love, he gives you mysteries. Now, when that love, love is perfected and you move from sonship to friendship, he now entrusts you with secrets. So, there are men that carry secrets. Now, you know, even in a natural family setting, all of you can be sons, but there is a son that is a friend. You see, Abraham was a son, but he was a friend. That is why God told him what he wanted to do. Moses was a son, but a friend. And that's why God told him, even before Jesus comes, I will put you in Jesus, and my goodness will pass. When he asked him, can I see your face? And he said, you see, there is a protocol in Zion, whereby there is a place called the cleft. The Bible says, and there was a rock by him. <laughs> uh, and that rock, there was a cleft by him. So there was a part in him, that once you enter there, you get to see him. So he said, Moses, I'll put you in a part in me. So that now you can see me. And the Bible says, Jesus came and said, if you see me, you have seen him. Because I and the father are one. Hallelujah. So Moses saw Jesus before Bethlehem. Those are friends. They walk with things that are not ordinary. Hallelujah. Now, uh, um, I'm not Pastor Mark. And I'm not Apostle Juma. I'm Pastor T. Everyone has their grace. Now, I came to just pour and flow in the theme. When I saw the scripture, I, I asked myself, I understood Genesis 1-3, that only God can be the light. And, and so when he said, I am the light, they, they, they knew this man is claiming to be God. So, this is Jesus introduced in a dark world. And God saw the light and it was good and God divided the light from darkness. Now you need to ask yourself, naturally, when light shows up, darkness disappears. But how comes God separates light and darkness? Does it mean this darkness was, was, not, was so strong that uh, the light could not overpower it? No, it was the first time there was separation of kingdoms, of light and of darkness. Because in that level, the light showed up and darkness was there. So the Lord said there shall be a distinction between these two entities. So darkness is a system. Light is a system. 
And all of them have rules of operation and protocols of governance. That's why when you come to Jesus, the light, uh, this light has life. When you go to the secular world, they have light without life. That's why in their light, they call themselves Illuminatis. Because they are illuminated, but they still die like ordinary men. But in this other side, whatever we read this book is not knowledge. This is light and this is life. But biology is light only. It can't give you life. Are we together? Now that separation happened. So God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning came. Where are you, sir? That is Genesis chapter number one. Yes? No, you need to go further. They are up there. Begin with three. Begin with three. Go to two. Yeah. Aha. Everybody read. The others without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the. I know that's how you read it. Araka, araka. And then you go to the next one. And you miss details here. The others without form. Meaning that it was formless. Now that is not the earth God created. Because God is not a God of formless earth. Whatever God creates is perfect. So this is not the earth of Genesis 1.1. This is the earth after Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. After the fall of the devil. When the devil fell, that's when the earth became formless. And it is a reality even in your own life. When the devil lands in your life, you become formless. It is a fact. Chaos all over. He disrupts the original pattern of your ordinance. You are supposed to breathe oxygen, you begin to smoke. You are supposed to drink water, you begin to take alcohol. Return 75 or 45% alcohol, harmful to your health. But because something has fallen, it has introduced chaos over your life. And that's the real thing. So there are those without form. But the original earth had a form. And void, meaning empty. And darkness. Stay there, sir. And... <laughs> You're doing a good job. And darkness was on the face of them. Now, 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 okay. I know you bypass, but what is darkness and what is the face of the deep? Is the, you know, <laughs> E deep, see deep Yamaji. So it was not that there was darkness under the water. That's not the deep you're talking about. There, there was a system here. The deep there is interpreted abyss. <laughs> Remember, God separated darkness from light. Now, that darkness is a kingdom. So there was darkness in the face of abyss. Let's go slowly. Hallelujah. You know, it's crazy. When you become a pastor, God now begins to shape you. There are days will go in a meeting and shout from the beginning to the end. And people, all the people will do is write your name, the date, and the heading, and write nothing. And I discovered we were not helping anyone. <laughs> so nowadays I'm very cautious that I don't just come and leave. We used to call it hit and run. <laughs> now, the, the darkness there is the, is the kingdom of the enemy. In Revelation, the Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Remember, in that war, Jesus was not there. 
Because Jesus says, and I saw the devil. So Jesus witnessed as Michael dealt with Lucifer. Because remember, Lucifer is his original name before the fall. He became Satan. So Lucifer is a glorified name in his glorified status. Now, God is too big for the devil. So he cannot deal with something he created. And in his protocol, he has angels that deal with warfare and governance. So when Lucifer misbehaved, he just needed to summon the man in charge of governance in heavenly courts. And his name is Michael. Hallelujah. And Michael dealt with Lucifer. And, and, and the Bible says, and I saw the devil fall like lightning. It was a very fast fall. That war did not last for long. So he fell. So where did he fall? He fell on earth. And then the Bible says in Revelation, Oh unto you earth, because the accuser of our brethren. Now we need to know who is speaking here. It was John writing, but the accuser was not accusing the saints. He was accusing the angels. Because the brethren there is not the saints. It is his brethren, other angels. So meaning that this was a man that went daily to accuse other angelic beings. So he says, oh unto you earth, because the accuser of our brethren has now fallen. So it was a woe. Oh, that's a judgment. So when the devil fell on earth, he created a system. And that system is called abyss. And that system is governed by the kingdom of darkness. Are we together? Now you need to understand, when God was restoring the earth in Genesis, he never took away a beast. He separated light and darkness and made sure that darkness has their abyss and their dwelling place. Uh, we took it up to there. Now, the presence of a beast, what is a beast? A beast is the dwelling place of demons. Well, in the, in the ancient world, they knew of a beast and Sheol. Now, I've introduced another technical word. Now, what is Sheol? Sheol is where the dead went. And it was a general term. But in the compartments of Sheol, there was Abraham's bosom and there was abyss. Now, that is the space of spirits. Because you can't enter there unless you are dead. Now, abyss is where the rich man went. You remember the one in the story of Jesus? And then there was another one called Abraham's bosom. Anyone that died in faith from Adam, they, even in the days of Noah, everyone that died in faith, they died and went to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom, why? He was the father of faith. And bosom is a place of comfort. The first man to enter heaven, according to the Bible, was the thief on the cross. That was the first man to access paradise. Because the Bible says you shall be with me tonight. And you know that tonight is when he descended so that others could ascend. Oh Jesus. That's why the encounters of God, the last shall be the last. That thief entered paradise before Abraham. Because no one would have entered paradise without the blood of the lamb. So they were gathered in Abraham's bosom. That is why when Jesus descended, he not only did he shift Abraham's bosom, but he had a time to evangelize in abyss. And that's why the Bible says, and he set the captives free. 
in the, you call them the six anointings of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach the good news to the poor. Not poor as living in ghetto. Poor as people who understand they cannot buy their salvation. We are all poor, even the billionaires of the earth. We can't buy salvation. And, and to heal the brokenhearted. And you go there, it continues. To set the captives free. These were not addicts. These were men bound in abyss. And that's why when he descended, he took the keys and set them free. Because he took the blood to set them free. Now, does it answer the question of those who died before the cross? Where did they go? Wherever they gathered, they had the gospel. And that name gospel is a Greek word for the good news that is brought by a warrior in town after winning. It is not the first four books. <laughs> the name gospel means good news brought, okay, when, when, when we were in high school, sometimes we'll go to, for drama festivals. And the students will know we have won because we entered with a school anthem. And there was noise all over. And as we came and they heard us singing, they began to celebrate because they knew the school has won. Now, in ancient days, when men went to war, there was a man sent from the camp of war to go and tell the people that we have won as the warriors are coming. So as the warriors were coming, a man was sent. And we see this order because when Saul died, a man came. And he said, Saul has died. That was the order. So a man will come and tell the people, we have won the battle. And so the people will celebrate. So the news he carried was called good news, gospel. So the gospel is the good news of victory in Calvary. And that's why Paul says, oh unto me, if I don't preach the gospel. Because there is a victory that happened on Calvary that I have to announce. That oh people, the devil is defeated. He died and rose again. Oh death, where is your power? That is the gospel. And then he says, the gospel has power. Not the preacher. That message, good news, in it is power to save. So when you preach the good news, men will get born again. Don't try to be psychological. Just preach the good news. Ah, you remember, you know, Zikuza Kruzenzi likuanga mzuri. Thousands get born again. Why? Because that good news has power. Don't help the gospel. Preach it. Don't try to pimp it. Don't try to make it look good and intellectual. No. Release it. Men will get born again. Now you know we are trying to repackage it. We are seeker sensitive. There is a hearing ear that can hear deep stuff. It can bypass biology but it will hear mysteries. Hallelujah. So where were we? Abyss. Amen. So so we begin to see that um, the enemy established a space called the beast. And that space is a dimension. It's not on our earth physically. Now, when we talk about the realm of the spirit, we are talking about, for the best way I can explain that realm, is a realm that you cannot survive in 3D. Can I tell you the truth? The demonic realm, and the heavenly realm, it's a dimension. 
That's why if we engage tonight well, we can see angels. They are here. It's only that we have to move from this dimension and access their dimension. And that's why witches, when they engage very well, they can enter that demonic dimension. So it is here. That realm is here with us. It is not something at the core. No, it's a dimension. It's only that in 3D, 3D, in matter, you can't access it. That's why you must shift from 3D and enter into 2D, which is the spiritual realm. You can only access it in the spirit. Like on Friday, I had an attack. Some demons were sent to take me for a meeting. Um, and, I, and I was coming from prayer. So they came and I could hear them. Not with these ears, the other ears. I could hear them saying, ah, we, we are not successful. What are we going to tell our master? And then my eyes were open and I saw uh, a few dark things hanging on my bulb and on the wall and all that. Uh, it was an amazing night. Me, I love warfare. So I realized I've been visited. I didn't even wake up my wife. There was no need to call thunder and fire. Those are, those are, those are heavy arsenals on small demons. One has fear. I have a covenant of sleep, according to Psalms, that he gives sleep to them that he loves. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, that whosoever believes, so I know he loves me, because I believe. So I said, Lord, according to Psalms, sleep is my portion. And I said, you demons, just leave. You have come to the wrong house. I overslept. Why? It's not that, it's not that they were not there, they were there. It's because I have another truth of another realm. Hallelujah. And, and, and I tell you, as I told them, you leave where talk and, and I could see them because they are talking. You know, this is the wrong place. And it's not the first time I've had such attacks. And they encourage me to know that the devil, someone said, if he doesn't fight you, maybe you're walking on the same path. You are BFFs. So some, some of those attacks tell me we are parallel. We are still on a parallel lane. Hallelujah. So the day you get those attacks, open your door and tell them, but they leave. Yes. And then you say, this house is surrounded by the fire of the Holy Ghost. In faith, it's enough. Now, uh -huh. so, when the devil fell, a third of the angels fell. Are we together? And where did the devil fall? He fell on earth. So he messed up the earth. He messed up the earth. And also, he messed a dimension of the heavenlies. So there is, in the realm of the spirit, there is a fallen area. And in that, that fallen area affected the earth. So we are living in a fallen earth. That's why that scripture in Isaiah talks about the return of order where a lion can hang out with an ox. You know, I used to watch a cartoon called Madagascar. And one day the lion was hungry. And it began to think how it's going to eat the zebra. And you know, the amazing part is that lion in a soul shake. And you know, according, <laughs> according to Madagascar, you, you know, they were supposed to live as a family. But something struck them. A preacher said that anytime you hear a mosquito, it's a reminder we live in a fallen world. That thing is supposed to take nectar, not blood. In its original redeemed status, it is supposed to be in the insect area, not, not, what do we call them? Not carnivorous. So anytime a mosquito sings, just tell it, you will be redeemed, but leave me now. Time of your redemption is coming. 
And that's why the Bible says creation awaits with earnest expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because we have not yet been manifested. Because the sons of God, oh Jesus, that name sons of God means them that were born not under the will of men. The other meaning that it means that they are direct creations of God. The first time you come through the word sons of God, it is in the days of Noah that the sons of God fell in love with the daughters of men. That name son means a direct creation of God. Them that believed in him, he gave them the power to be a direct creation. Now you shifted from a creative process called procreation in your parents. You entered a system called a direct creation of the father. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the earth is waiting with earnest expectation for the manifestation. We have not yet been manifested. Because a time will come after we are taken out of this world that the Lord will now fix the earth and restore it to its original order. That will be the new earth. And then now we will come. So creation knows we cannot be revealed in a fallen earth. Even the trees and the rivers know. So they are waiting for rapture. If you can hear the mountains pray, they are praying, take these people home. So that we can be restored. Hallelujah. Now, so there is a fallen realm and there is a static realm. That is where the angels are. And there is contention in that realm. Are we together? Because angels were created in ranks. So the fact that the devil fell, there are a few things that he didn't lose. There is a rank in the spirit that he didn't lose. In terms of, you see, okay, if, if today I'm in the military and I was a commander of a hundred, even if the military fires me, I don't lose my militant skills. Are you getting it? And so if I meet with a policeman, I have a rank over that man, though I am fired. Is it making sense? Now that's the same thing. So the enemy has a level of rank and I can tell you where he was. Very close. In fact, the devil had a throne. Very few people have thrones. It is 24 elders. Okay, let's look at Ezekiel 28 from 14. Let's know the devil from the Bible. Not from what demons tell us. <laughs> Hallelujah. This one will open your heart and your eyes. Ezekiel, uh -huh. you are the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. You are on the holy mountain of God. You walk back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Now, are you seeing that? Now, that in itself is a whole message. Because the Bible says he was an anointed cherub that covers. Meaning that he had a rank among cherubims. Now, before we, we even go, do you know who cherubims are? Bonus if you may. You know, because me, you know, we, we gather worshippers, bonus few. Kuna comes kusanyiko mna tupelekanga kama kirubi na maserafi. Na kila siku tunakusanyika now. Have you ever known where you have gathered? Baba tunakusanyika na makirubi na maserafi na wazei 24 tukisema mtakatifu. Pause. Iyo mkusanyiko, do you have a rank? 
It sounds spiritual, but no revelation. <laughs> now, who was a cavalry cherub? That name cover means he had a rank among cherubs. Who are cherubs? Cherubs are the ones that guarded the holiness of God. That was the work of cherub. So that tells you the devil knows the righteous standards of God. He knows the holy status of God. He understands because he used not just to be a covering, I mean just one that guarded, but he was a leader of them that guard. Are you getting it? In the realm of the spirit, if you will enter the heaven I know in the Bible, for those we call heaven tourists, who go to heaven in dreams and see things, if you have ever entered a heaven where angels were constructing buildings, you didn't go to heaven, you had a bad day in your office of dreams. That was not heaven. If you enter the one the Bible tells us, we have no wheelbarrows and angels. We have a throne. And then it is surrounded by fire or light that you can't see. And then you will see something like a ring around it. That ring is the cherubims. They, they, they guard and they, they move in the direction of the throne. The, the, the fire there is the seraphims. Those ones, they sit next to the throne. And they have six wings and they sit next to the throne. And all they do is look at God. And then they tell one another, holy, holy, holy. They don't even tell God. And that name holy means he is the most separated one. So they declare this one is most separated. Ah, Jesus. So, so not only is he separated, but he's also guarded. And that's why the battle of the devil and men is a battle of sin. Because the devil knows the assignment I used to do of guarding his holiness. That nothing fallen could enter in his glory. And that is why the attack of the enemy among the church and believers is sin. Nothing else. He has one weapon and he knows. He knows the protocol. Are you getting me? He knows the protocol. So he was there. And he had a throne. And, and that throne. next kwa kiti mungu. He wasn't there. Okay. It's a lie. That's not the Bible. He wanted to exalt his throne. In Isaiah, he talks about the five I wills. And the, the one was aborted, but the other four are still happening. He wanted to be on the mountain of the law, the assembly. And up to today, that agenda has never changed. The devil has always wanted to govern the church. Not to kill it, but to run it. That's why you have to be sensitive. The devil may not fight assembly. He will fight doctrine, understanding. He will not fight men gather. He can even give you fair on Sunday to go to the wrong church. Where demons talk about him on camera. And you leave that place more devil conscious than Jesus conscious. Every Sunday will make sure you are up early to go and hear about him. It's a fact. Are we together? So when he fell, he fell with a third of the angels. So two thirds are on our side. Amen. Let's not put the emphasis on the small number. Two thirds are on our Only a third fell. Amen. And I can tell you, they are that that fell. They are the ones that could be compromised. So the stable ones and the powerful ones are still there. Can I give you a secret? The same way witches summon demons, 
that technology is our technology. It's the same way we need to summon angels. It's only that you, you have never understood that they are your ministers. My angels were holy de ukiteseka. Because they, they show up when they are summoned. Hallelujah. Okay, sir. Okay. So, so there was a fallen side. It's called the, the demonic realm. And then now there is the other side. This is the realm of God. And that's why there is a contention in the second heaven. Paul writes and says, I know a man, whether in the body or in the spirit, who was carried to the third heaven. And, and, and he had his encounters there. And, and, and that tells us there are three heavens. The highest of heaven where God lives. The second heaven and where we are. This is also heaven. Now, can we read a story and then parallel it? And if we get time tomorrow, we'll, we'll continue that story. Have I laid a good now? Do you understand? There, there are two realms. There is the fallen one and there is the, the other one. Are we together? So, so when witches go and do their stuff, they invoke the fallen realm. When we do our stuff, we invoke the other realm. It's realm for realm. Altar for altar. Activity for activity. That's why we must be a disciplined church. Because witches cannot be active than us. It's illegal. It's illegal for an eight-year-old to have the system of teleporting. <laughs> and you have never journeyed in the spirit. Someone called me and told me, Pastor, I saw you in a dream and you laid hands and I got healed. And when he woke up, he was healed. I said, so I travel at night. That's a good thing. <laughs> me, I was with my wife, sleeping. But I was healing someone in Dubai. Those are good testimonies. I say that's a good thing. I didn't know. That's why I woke up very tired. So I was doing healing ministry in Dubai. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is a product of too much ugali at night. Even doctors will tell you, you don't do any work at night. Maliza kukula six. So if you have too much food, what kukula satano? Too much food. The blood goes from your head to your stomach for digestion. So your head is blank. And then you have all this imagination. Nafukuzo na simba. Nilikuwa nanguka kwa dam zifiki. Alafu wa subuyu nasumbua pasta. Nikama nimeota. Nikama kuna wafe ya kwetu. Na hata nikama. No, no. Too much ugali and Netflix. You know, reduce. Kama ungelalo ukisikiza mahubiri. Ungeota na vitu za kimungu. Malala hapo ukeona squid game. Minedo squid game. Yeah. Kamduka nazunguka hivi munashutiwa. Then unaona kikitu. Kime kuangalia. Let's go to First Chronicles 21. I bless the Lord. So we will read the whole chapter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot sacrifice our homes and our wives and come and give you stories. This is a whole chapter. Leo Tatoko Mesoma chapter Mzima before when the home. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Continue. So David said to Joab and to the leaders of the people, go number Israel from Bathsheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, may the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are but my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servant? Why they are uh, why the, is it then? 
Why then does my Lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? This was a census. Uh -huh. Let's go quickly, sir. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went through all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Then Joab gave the sum of the number of the people to David, all Israel. He had 1,100,000 men who drew the sword. And Judah had 470,000 men who drew the sword. Meaning that the relevance of men was in their capacity to fight. So, kanizo kiulizo ukona washirika wangapi? Not the ones seated are the ones that can gather for war. The ability to draw the sword, that's what gave you a rank. <laughs> Not just being a member, no. Can we hold hands and partner in a matter? Are we together? And I'll explain to you why that was there. Pazi, don't hijack me. I know when you stand, you want to hijack me. <laughs> I know you love warfare. But he did not count Levi and Benjamin among them. For the king's word was abominable too. You see, Levi belonged to the Lord. And Benjamin was somewhere. The, the inheritance was different. It was called the half-tribe of Israel. But these ones, they, they were not numbered. Uh -huh. Let's continue. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he struck Israel. So David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I pray, take away the iniquity of your servant for I have done very foolishly. Then the Lord spoke to God. David here saying, so God, he was a prophet. <laughs> Go and tell David saying, thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. Uh -huh. So God came to David and said to him, Thus says the Lord, choose for yourself. So what was it to choose? Either three years of famine, three months to be defeated by your force with the sword of your enemies overtaking you, or else for three days, the sword of the Lord, the plague in the land, with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now consider what answer I shall take back to him who sent me. This, this, all of them were judgment. So you choose which judgment. My mom used to ask us, Kuna muiko? Slippers? Namshipi? See at the judgment because I spend it. Choose the weapon of your warfare wisely. <laughs> and so, and you can see God in his holiness, he does not relent. And David said to God, I am in great distress. Please let me fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercies are very great but do not let me fall into the hand of man. So the man began to negotiate on an intercessory ground but this was a legal ground. And I'll tell you something. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel and 70,000 men of Israel fell. And I'll prove to you why he didn't send other things but the plague. Uh-huh. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. Now, the previous verse tells us there was a plague. But we hear an angel of, the, of God was sent to Jerusalem to destroy it. As he was destroying, the Lord looked and relented of the disaster. And said to the angel who was destroying it, destroying, it is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite. Now listen, in the realm of the spirit, there was an angel with a sword. On earth, there was COVID. Ah, okay. 
so so because according to Mutahi Kagwe daily briefing there was a plague in Israel but if your eyes were to be open in the spirit there was an angel with a sword so you are not dealing with a hygiene issue you are dealing with a sword issue now where was the angel not on earth but in that realm where he was he interfered with earth the duality of realms okay let me not go ahead of myself because these are good things and God uh, then David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between Adam these, these are not these eyeballs these are spiritual eyes <laughs> Having in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. So David and the elders clothed in sackcloth fell on their faces. How to revert the plague was through a system spiritual to interfere with the spiritual. The spiritual realm is not addressed intellectually. It has a pathway that is only spiritual spiritual matters right now people are dealing with depression from psychiatric level but you see the wellness of your soul is connected to the health of your spirit ah jesus so we can counsel you and the counselor that is counseling you is also depressed because it is a spiritual issue if your eyes are to be open in the spirit you will see oppressive demons sitting on men. That is called, that's why it's called depression. Deep oppression. That is the spiritual definition. Psychiatrists will tell you there are some, there are some emotional entanglement and matters that were not dealt in your childhood. Listen to me. The Holy Ghost has the power to journey in the past and correct. And adjust matters. Because your past is not in time only. It's also in eternity. Are we together? And sometimes the easy stories are can you organize health awareness week? Which one? Right? The Bible says, I came for the broken hearted. How do you deal with broken hearted? Allow the healing oil. Not tense of counseling. The healing oil. I know what I'm talking about. One day the Lord told me, you have never healed. I said, Lord, I'm healed. He said, no. He said, allow me to journey in your soul. And he began to press buttons. One, pa. The second one, pa. Then he reminded me as a second born, I, I, I survived because I, I, I felt like my parents didn't love me because I used to receive everything that my brother received. So I developed a tactics of survival and it killed my relationship with my parents. And he said, you know, this and confessed expectations. <laughs> I didn't even know they were in my heart. They were unconfessed expectations. He told me now, I am dealing with those files. So he began to sort my files and arrange the files of my soul. At that time, I was married. And I thought I'd healed. After the Holy Ghost, I cried on the altar for two hours. After that, the following day, a lady that had broken my heart called me. And told me, Tony, I just called to say, Pole. I said, if you would have called two weeks before. <sighs> it will be, I knew, I knew, on bended knees. I knew you will come. Touch not the anointed and do his prophets no harm. <laughs> ah. 
And you know what the Holy Ghost told me? Because of your bitterness, you, you had interfered with her destiny. And the Lord told me, now, step in your office as a priest and bless her. <laughs> and that night, the Lord gave me a vision and showed me her getting married. And, and she was not sure whether that was the guy. So I called to confirm. I said, but the, the guy you have, that's the man. He's coming home. That's my ex. And I appreciate why. The Lord took me in her life for discipleship. It's good to appreciate where the role. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are people in your life now, you are dating them, but that's not your wife. The Lord brought someone for discipleship. You began courtship. I tell you, after discipleship, he or she will leave. You will be hurt and wounded. But the purpose of the Lord, the moment amesimama kama monaume, dio bibiake anakuja anaenda, unajuliza, Lord, what was this? It is called discipleship. And this is what you do. During the wedding, sit where pastors are sitting. You are part of that team that raised the man. Wakiuliza wahubiri nuwa mkono. Seme, I know, discipleship class. I picked him when he didn't know how to pray. But now, your mama stupe maliza. Oh, niliacho na mtu wakaniza. Weju lize, alileto kwa njia gani? Ya courtship ama discipleship? Wewe ndo li change agenda. Okay, let's see. Then David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between the earth and heaven. Having in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. So David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell on their faces. And David said to God, was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? I am the one who has sinned and done evil. Indeed, but this sheep, that word sheep is very key. What have they done? Let your hand, I pray, O Lord my God, be against me and my father's house, but not against your people, that they should be plagued. Aha. Uh -huh. Therefore the angel of the Lord commanded God to say to David that David should go and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Onan there. Now they are dealing with a spiritual matter. It can only be dealt with spiritually. And when he erected an altar, see what happened? In the, these are prophetic things. Not just anywhere, in a threshing floor. So David went up at the word of God, which he had spoken in the name of the Lord. Now Onan turned and saw the angel and his four sons, who were with him, hid themselves. But Onan continued threshing wheat. Huh. So David came to Onan, and Onan looked and saw David, and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Anan, grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. But Anan said to David, take it yourself and let my Lord the king do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for burnt offering, the threshing implements for wood and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. Then King David said to Anan, no. But I will surely buy it for the full price. For I will not take what is yours for the Lord. Nor offer burnt offering without which cost me. Because at the end of the day, a sacrifice must interfere with your budget. 
An offering is that which you give and you even forget. Just ask your neighbor, what did you give three months ago as an offering? Ask them. They can't remember. There were many thousands. They just picked something. But I can assure you, there are sacrifices you have given you can never forget. Like one day I gave a car. You see this how? That one I'll never forget. But I don't remember offering. So David get on hand 600 shekels of gold by weight of the palace, of the place. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offering and peace offering and called on the Lord and he answered him from heaven by fire on the altar of burnt offering. So the Lord commanded the angel and he returned his sword to the sheath. So as long as there was no altar with a sacrifice that had value to the one giving, the sword was still stretched. Until an altar was raised, the sword was returned. Now look at this. A man raises an altar on earth to interfere with an angel in the realm of the spirit. And an angel in the realm of the spirit interferes with the operation of men on earth. The heavens. How are we together? This is where witchcraft and all these things lie. When you hear men are raising altars here, don't ignore those monuments. They can interfere with something there and immediately something here happens. Hallelujah. It was the system of the Moabites. When the children of Israel were passing, Balak realized, I can't fight them. He shifted the battle. He said, call Balaam, raise an altar. And the Bible says, every day Balaam stood by the altar to cast them. They were in the valley. A low area and a man is standing on a demonic high place. But covenant preserved them. And the Moabites are the only ones who managed to compromise Israel. When that did not work, they organized a bash. And they said, invite them for birthday baby shower. Our queen is in the birthday. By the time they went to those baby showers and birthday, while talking more about women. Before they went with the journey, the Lord said, return the Moabite women and their children. Right? human rights. Like any pastor, this is my seed. Return. <laughs> they have no part in the covenant. There will be a liability. That's how the journey continued. Okay. At that time when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite, he sacrificed there. There's a place where God answers and you continue praying there. You know, when you meet women of old, they will tell you, And you know, they have some languages that we don't understand. I have encountered God on this altar. <laughs> At that time, okay, let's finish. Okay. Oh, you've gone to the other one. Let it stay there. Man stay there. Let's look at Exodus. Before we go to Exodus, let's go to the reopening verse. So, sir, what time should I finish? Wisdom is key. Don't tell me I have the time of the spirit. The spirit is eternal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right now is 8.15. 20 minutes of a preacher or of the clock. So 20 minutes are good. We can establish a matter with that. So let's go to, we, I want us, my, my core business 
before I leave here tomorrow, is that we'll have do what we call scripture ex exegesis. That we did construct this scripture and get everything. So let's go to the first verse of that scripture. There was a census. Are we together? And we see that the devil. Go to that one, First Chronicles 21. The devil was in charge of this census. Not God. He's the one that partnered with David. He stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. You remember the part you read where David said, what Lord, what has this sheep have to do with you? The language of numbering was not kingdom. Because there are few reasons why people organize census. Number one, there's men of the secular world did census to know the number of warriors in their camp. So by David organizing a census, he was no longer relying on God as the man that gives him victory, but he was trying to rely on the numbers of armies. The Bible says, we don't put our trust in horses and chariots, but our trust is in the name of the Lord. Meaning that we don't put our trust on our arsenals and machinery because battles are not ours. They belong to the Lord. We can have the best of weapons and lose because if the Lord is not by our side, we've already lost the battle. And so at this hour, by him conducting the census, number one, he was showing a mistrust of a God as the one that fights his battles. The second thing, the language of census was a language of ownership. You could only number the sheep you have. So he was trying to say, Israel no longer belongs to God, Israel belongs to me. And that is why the devil moved Israel to sin. Now let's go to Exodus 30 to see why Israel was moved to sin. Because in the laws, uh, while they were still in Mount Sinai, before they entered Canaan, the Lord foresaw such a phenomenon. And he gave away. He says, Exodus 30 from 12. Are we there? Oh, 31 I think. Yeah. Yes, when you take the census of the children of Israel for their number, then every man shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord. When you number them that there may be no plague among them when you number them. Are you getting it? So as an Israel, being numbered was a sin. So after being numbered, a real Israel was supposed to take an offering. Because he has been numbered. Now David, and you see the devil was moving against Israel. Because the census never affected David. But David became the door to affect Israel. And so the Lord had given a way out. This God is all-knowing. They had not entered Canaan by the time he said about census. So peradventure, because he knew the culture of the day, when these people select a king, they might use Babylonian or secular system of governance to run my kingdom. The same way we are given God-given mandate and we borrow from the world. When, I, when we were building the church in Lemuru, the Lord told me, the system of the world is that when you are purchasing things, you save. And he told me, the system of the kingdom, when you are purchasing things, you look for people that are doing what you do and they have done it, you sow. Now, if you have 
carnal men in the boardroom, they don't understand. And he began to tell me, begin by sowing in graces in this town. Men that have prayed for the city. A lady came and told me, she cried on the altar and said, we used to organize prayer keshas here from Nakuru. We didn't know what we were praying for, but now we have seen. And that time, there is a man we were looking for. We thought he's a father. We didn't get him and we had a seed. At that time, I knew this one is where I sow. What am I doing? Sowing in her labors. So that whatever she was crying for, I can be a partake of the harvest. Because some sow others water, but the Lord is the Lord of the harvest. Now, these two mentalities are parallel. That, that you want to begin an enterprise. And the Lord tells you, so naturally is saving a circle. Okay. <laughs> Kingdom mindset is not understood. Are we together? So the Lord had given them away and told them when these things happen, there is a ransom so that I don't release a plague. Now, are you seeing he gave them three options? But according to Exodus, he was mandated by the law to attack them with a plague. It was pronounced. Are we together? So at this hour, and by the way, the, the money, look at the next scripture. They were, it was a standardized giving. This is what everyone among those who are numbered shall give. Half a shekel. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, that was the weighing material. The half shekel shall be an offering too. And it was standard for the poor and the rich. And this is later, this half a shekel became what they were calling the temple tax. But can I explain something here? Yes? It shows the standardization of redemption. Whether you are rich or poor, you don't need more blood because you are rich and less blood because you are poor. The half a shekel language was for both the rich and the poor. The poor gave, the rich gave, and it was low. No one gave more. Later, this half a shekel was now converted to be a mandatory temple tax. That is why when Jesus shows up in the book of Matthew, He's, he's told to pay tax for the temple. And he, and he asked, does the, who does the king pay taxes to? And, and of course they don't understand. And he said, okay, I know you are running a temple and this shekel is what governs and manages the temple. But because the temple is coming to an end, oh Peter, I want to show you how the New Testament temple will be run. He said, I, it is not from men pockets. He said, go and fish. And in that fish, there is a coin. The New Testament church is run by fish. Every fish we get in our net, it comes with coin. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, the day you came, you came with a coin. That is the New Testament order. And you know fish does not eat coin. So be aware. Yeah, yeah, and a checkbook. And that's why after preaching, we ask for the coin. Because the fish. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because even the New Testament church needs to be sustained. We need money. The Father, we need anointing. We need money. Hallelujah. You pray in tongues and see whether a tent will come here. After saying amen, nothing will be there. People will give to buy a tent. Every project needs money. Hallelujah. But this is their way. We fish. Like on Sunday, I caught a big fish. It was a good one. That fish came and said, I'm so and so. I said, hallelujah. And the fish said, put me in the committee for the land buying. I said, Lord, bring more big fish. If I tell you it's a big fish, it's a big fish. 
Hallelujah. That one came with several coins. It's a good one. And it is because of where we are going. But every fish has coin anyway. <laughs> ah, Jesus. You can imagine if you have two billionaires in church. Two. Just two, not men, two. Two billionaires. There are, few, there are things we'll never talk about. Pastor, your announcement was make tenor. Tell me how much. Give me the account. And I tell you, we'll preach powerfully. No, at yet you know on a landlord and pit up on a gopa. No. Psalms 24, the earth is of the Lord. He see yako. He ni abuana. Wherever ni karatasi uko nao inaito title. The earth. Okay. Eno ubiri vo central. Wata confirm. Are you getting the scripture? Because I came to teach. Are we together? Now, let's go back to, to that scripture. So, census. What was the burden of census? The burden of census was, it portrayed what? Ownership. And it also portrayed lack of trust. Because the men that were counted were 20 years and above. And these are men that could handle the sword. And you see, they could not count the Levites. Because the Levites belonged to God. And by the way, it was not the original order of God to have Levites. It was an error. Okay. When the children of, the, of Israel left Egypt, God ordained that the firstborn shall be the priest of a home. That is why the sacrifice was not communion. It was family. So the will of God was that every firstborn was going to be a priest. And that's why they used to give a firstborn redemption. So you can see that fellowship ought to begin at household. But when they went to Mount Sinai and exalted a golden calf. And Moses came and saw the chaos. He asked who is by my side. And the Levites came to Moses. That is when the firstborns were fired. And Levi received the mantle. Because the Lord saw a community that carried his burden and also wrath. They killed more than 3,000 of their brothers with a sword. The Lord said, Levi, you received the mantle today to be a priestly nation. And that's why they served temporarily until the final priest came. Now when the final priest came, Jesus, the, he, he did not need firstborns. Anyone that gets born again becomes a priest and a king. So the order of priestlyhood was taken out from a community to anyone that is in Christ. So even you, you're a priest. A royal priest. Not a pastor, a priest. Because you have mandate to exercise legislation on spiritual matters. Ah, okay. You'll know you're a priest that there which rises in your home. And you discover kuna maombi unaombanga na kufuzake zinaisha. That which is a priest. So you must arise as a priest to counter her priestly or his priestly roles in that house. I have two minutes. Uh, so go. Imagine we've dealt with one verse. So let's go to the second one. So we can see Joab was God-fearing. And Joab didn't want the idea. Because this man understood the word. But because the word of the king was might, he had to implement it. And now see what happened. Because I want to stop it there. Tomorrow we'll come with a recap. What happened is that after the census, the Lord came with an offer. And said, judgment must be delivered. 
here we are, we are negotiating on which type. Not me retreating judgment. If these men knew the law, they would have gone to give their half a shekel. But they were so ignorant that they never knew the law. And so the Lord released a plague. In the language of this realm, it's a plague. In the language of that realm, it's an angel with a sword. There are matters in your life that can you have to change the definition to win over them. In the language of this realm, it's cancer. But in the language of that realm is a spiritual caveat that takes men before 50 years. So this realm, you will think chemotherapy will keep you. No. The ceiling must be broken. A man of God prayed for a woman and that demon left and that demon had manifested as cancer. And he said in their family there is a spirit of death that attacks people at 45. So medics call it cancer symptoms. But in that realm, it's a spirit, a caveat. So we must begin to change our language and open our eyes in the spirit to interrogate matters, to know what is happening. And that is why in such a time when men are fasting, fasting does not help God. It opens capacity in the realm of the spirit and there is clarity. That is why Jesus said this type cannot go unless through fasting and prayer. What was he saying? The man brought a man and the father gave symptoms of epilepsy. But when Jesus came, he said, you dump and mute. Meaning that in the realm of the spirit, the demon that arrested the man was not epilepsy. But the symptoms were epilepsy. So it needed accuracy of intelligence. How do you get that? When you take off the flesh and take off the soul, the feelings, and begin to engage in the spirit, you see the dump and mute. What were they casting out? Epilepsy. So a man is brought and saying, where were people? Epilepsy talker. And the demon of epilepsy is saying, Mimi It's a different demon. And so they ask, how comes we can't cast this one out? Why? What are they asking? There is a time they were given power and they saw demons leave. How comes this one? And he said, unless by prayer and fasting. What does that mean? There is clarity when men begin to engage in prayer. The spiritual world is opened. Hallelujah. And you begin to know matters. Intelligence is released at this area. For me, fasting is like raising your spiritual antenna. The frequencies are there. I grew in Narok and it was a privilege to hear Kiss FM and Easy FM. Those were good stations that we could not hear. But the fact that we were in the valley, it never stopped us. We began to innovate methods and we will raise a stick put a hanger ili a chuma unainua ju until it reaches a level where it can it can capture frequencies and so some of us are in a spiritual valley you must raise your antenna and pick frequencies in the spirit the bible says there is a place where Elisha stayed he was on a high place and by the time he sat there, whatever a man uttered in his bedroom, because of his antenna, he picked the signals of the enemy conversation. And he will tell the king, Wanapanga kuku attack. One day the king asked, who is a mole in our midst? They say there is a man. He sits in a radar in the spirit whereby he picks frequencies. And they said, where is he? They surrounded the mountain. By the time they were surrounding, the man knew they were coming. 
Gehazi was in a place physically but he had not entered where Elisha dwelt in the spirit Gehazi saw an army Elisha said Lord it's a small matter open his eyes Kaposatire, that he may see this kind of mantle that he has submitted under listen to me whatever Elijah left was not a cloth that thing that he left the cloth there in the Hebrew word is called atalit atalit is the cloth of prayer whatever Elijah left to Elisha was the ministry of prayer he said there are dimensions I touch you can touch them when you can get this thing he dropped atalit a garment of prayer the one Jesus said if you want to pray secure a place that is what Elisha was given but the real mantle that was upon Elijah it was a horses and chariots of fire that is exactly what took Elijah to heaven was a wild wind but what was left was horses and chariots at that hour they, he said Lord open the eyes of Gehazi that he may understand my covering kapasata. let him see the kind of covering he's under it is a covering of chariots that is why before Elisha died Hezekiah cried and said my father my father the chariots of Israel the man was a moving chariot there is a level you enter in prayer you shift from becoming human and you appear as chariots listen to me anytime you read your Bible and you see the battle of chariots it is a battle of kings there are wars of ordinary men the wars of arrows is the wall of preventing the attack of a city but anytime chariots are released in the Bible they represent territory every king they never release chariots just to fight for small matters that is why the Bible says when Pharaoh came out to pursue the children of Israel he came out in his chariots when he came out in his chariots the Bible says when the children of Israel saw they were afraid but the Lord looked upon or from the heavens he looked upon and he discovered this is a battle of kings the king of Egypt versus the king of Israel and that's why the Bible says the angel of the Lord who was the Lord himself moved from the front and went at the back and created a barrier and began to dislodge the wheels of their chariots until there is deliverance I came to announce they may have released their chariots anytime they release a chariot just know the battle is not mine because I'm submitted under the king anytime they release the chariots it means now it has moved from protection and security we have entered the language of territory when we come to territory is about kingship when we come to territory is about princes when we come to territory is about kingdoms and that is why the Bible says he separated light from darkness there must be a separation we are not here to suffer the consequences of darkness we are here to secure a territory for our Lord is somebody hearing me and our eyes must be open in the spirit we cannot be blind anymore we must see in the dimension of the spirit we must know what is exactly happening we must understand the program of Zion may somebody eyes be open let your eyes be open we are tired of speaking like scientists we are tired of speaking like intellectuals we are tired 
of speaking like Babylon. We are men of the kingdom. We are men of the kingdom. Let the Sinai be open. Let the hearing ear be open. Lord, open my eyes to understand the heavens. Isalamanos Paraskopalaria Esperosikapa. Open our eyes to see in our heavens. Open our eyes to see in our heavens. Shela Paraskamo Para. Let us see over the heavens of Kenya. Let us see over the heavens of Kasarani. Let us see over the heavens of our nation. Paradada Rakapolo Sokoto and Paracatora in Prakatoria Bara Rakota Lepa Istanamanos Beloskia Para. Listen to me. Like in this season. I saw it on the newspaper that the Kaya elders have announced and said anyone that needs their blessing is half a million. It was on the newspaper. If your eyes are open in the spirit, you know there is an altar in Kaya. There is no president that ever became a president without the blessing of those Mijikenda men. No one, even the sitting president, they have an altar that runs this nation. And they have their shrines in the Kuala Valleys. Covenants that have been happening for ancient of days. As they release that announcement, the church should also release another announcement. Where did it come that men are ordained by elders? The Bible says leadership comes from the Lord. Is someone hearing me? Our eyes must be open. You need to understand the history. You go to Kuala is one of the poorest counties. Because when the missionaries came and they heard there is another move and another power, they buried seven virgins alive and made a covenant. That thing will never come in. Slowly Christianity is coming in. But because of the Asian covenants, their altars have survived. There is no governor that can run Kuala without the blessing. So who rules Kuala? It is not the governor. It is some shrines and some elders. The church must arise. Is someone hearing me? The church must arise and begin to program the elections in the realm of the spirit we have a background we prayed in the, in the ear when the handshake came listen the handshake was not demonic it's only that whatever is born of prayer is sustained by prayer we prayed and the handshake came and then we abandoned it that handshake would have been sustained by prayer politics hijacked the handshake and now you are hearing them say there is a limuru free so that they can make decisions historically the sword of power was given in limuru brackenhurst that is when the white man gave kenyatta the sword of power so what are they going to do in Limuru. They are covenants among the Kikuyus. They have to go back where the rituals happen and step in that area and begin to claim the sword. And I assure you, after Limuru 3, there will be a shift politically. Leave whatever men are saying. We need to understand. Don't just read politics from news. There is their ordinances. Anytime before the election, there is a Suswa declaration. Before the elections, there are various areas. There is a Mount Kenya declaration. Those are ancient altars. Where is the church of the Lord that can arise in prayer and begin to say, Lord, they can 
some service their altar but any man that is not of you will never sit on that throne anyone that is not of you will never see the throne it is time also for us to gather on our altar and begin to contend for the nation of Kenya